0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Cinema Presents Made in the 90s. My name is Kyle Woods. I'm here with my buddy Dylan Shore and we're going to talk about two movies today, Almost Heroes and Wagon's East. Dylan, You're a hero on a westbound wagon? What
1: the hell are we doing here today? Uh, I guess we're here to talk about <clears throat> John Candy's last movie and um, Chris Farley's last movie. It's true, but before we do, we'll talk about some other movies. What have you been watching? I've uh, been doing some rewatches just because I've been working and you know putting on something that I've seen at the end of the day. It's always kind of nice. Dig <laughs> it. Uh, so I rewatched Wait Until Dark, Audrey Hepburn, Alan okay. Arkin movie based on a play she's uh blind uh but uh, the whole story involves this doll that has been stuffed with heroin and uh gets put on a plane with this woman and this woman gives the doll to audrey hepburn's husband and uh like you know saying uh i can't remember the excuse but needless to say the people that want the doll know that it's at this house so it's all kind of set in audrey hepburn's house and her husband has to leave again so she's alone blind with these men being super quiet and stalking her in her cool. house. yeah it's uh i remember when my stepdad showed me this as a kid like it's not like like oh, pop out scary it's just chilling because these dudes are just standing there yeah i'm sure it's it.
0: super tense
1: yeah, uh, but there Sounds is like one good pop-up scare that is fucking so good. I love it so much. It scared me when I was a kid and doesn't scare me now because I know it's coming, <laughs> but it's so good.
0: Right on. It reminds me of uh, Don't Breathe from a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, definitely love a have to be absolutely quiet or the monster will find me type of thing or like perfectly still, you know, so the T-Rex doesn't know that I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you got...
1: Audrey Hepburn acting her ass off and Alan Arkin and Alan Arkin it. and he's young. Yeah. I gotta see this, that. Like, yeah. You got to. He has this weird dark haircut and he wears glasses the whole time. Huh? <laughs> All yeah, right. He's, he's, he's All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And then I rewatched Robert Altman's last film, Prairie Home Companion. Speaking of it.
0: Minnesota
1: yes uh i love that movie so much and i just think that it's like what a i uh because it's all about death and i just robert altman knew he was probably going out soon so it just coinciding with that and like just these master class actors doing that improvisational talk over each other dialogue and Oh my god, Meryl Streep and Lily Tomlin together are just flawless, and John C. Riley and Woody Harrelson singing mm. like stupid uh, cowboy songs. Oh man, I love that movie so much. And what makes it even great is that my favorite writer director, Paul Thomas Anderson, was the I can't remember what he was officially labeled, but he was there in case Robert Altman took a turn for the worse. Right. And he, he would finish the movie.
0: Right. So, I mean, it certainly speaks to the knowingness of Altman's uh, mortality. You know, it was not a secret PTA, to anybody.
1: Uh, PTA's wife, Maya Rudolph, is in the movie as well. And she is so funny, man. And her scenes with Kevin Klein are so good. Yeah. But I can't, <laughs> yeah, bet. I, I can't uh, talk greatness about this movie everyone just needs to see it i'm
0: i might be a bigger fan of maya rudolph than i am of pta and i'm a i'm a big paul thomas anderson fan but i really really like maya rudolph what Uh,
1: have you seen a prairie home companion
0: yeah i definitely have i mean i'm i'm being from minneapolis um the radio show is a part of my Mm -hmm. you know childhood although i i just always fucking hated it and i've read some of garrison keeler's uh, short stories and like the, a few different doesn't matter i don't get it he's not for me you know but he's yeah. one of the home state hero well i guess he got me too also eh? he's a, a was revealed to be a
1: monster so yeah yeah, yeah. my taste he, was correct i think it was i could be wrong but i think it was like he groped like someone that yeah i don't care good, what i mean not good
0: fuck him for all sorts of reasons but especially that
1: uh, <laughs> yes but uh but what's the movie great is, is he's in it but it's not his movie it's totally totally yeah,
0: i mean it's an altman movie and it's a an ensemble movie and it's a yeah. it's a one big night movie it's a, a show movie and i love those kind of films and mm. yeah i've seen it i've definitely enjoyed it yeah it's, what's not to love
1: definitely uh what yeah, you got and then another Kevin Klein uh, movie, super melodramatic movie, uh, Life as a House. Okay. You remember that movie from the early 2000s? I mean, I remember it by title. I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> has many, many problems, but like, I, I just have this weird nostalgic thing for it. And Hayden Christensen is awful. <laughs> like god awful man Uh, oh and he uh and he has to play an angsty teenager and it's just well you know he's yeah no i get it but it's it's insane angry about Uh, sand but kevin klein is really good
0: kevin klein is always really good we can talk a little more kevin klein here in a moment actually
1: oh perfect uh and then the last one, I don't think I said this one on the last one, Dead Man's Shoes. Did I say that? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I watched it like the day after we recorded last, so that's why it's kind of like in my head that I say it. Um, Uh, But uh, British film with uh, Patty Constantine, uh, the guy from Hot Fuzz, who has the you have a stash. I know. Okay. Uh, He's, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's in, sure. in America. Uh, oh, man, I'm blanking on it. But, yes, he's in a lot of stuff. And Toby Kibble from Rock and Rolla. Okay. Or Cabell. Uh, I'm not sure how you say his last name. Uh, <clears throat> They're brothers. And Patty comes home to get revenge on the guys who did something really bad to his mentally challenged brother which is Toby and it's one of the best revenge films ever made right it's, on yeah uh i first saw this in high school when i was at new york film academy and i was living at the oakwoods <laughs> uh, <laughs> and my camp counselor was trent olson the olson sisters brother and <laughs> the olson had- brother the Olsen brother and he just had like a stack of movies because our apartment complex had dvd players and uh he was like yeah you guys can feel free to take whatever just make sure to bring it back and he was like if you want a really good revenge film watch this and we put it in and oh my god it's it's still to this day fucking great all right i mean i love a revenge film there's Mm -hmm. something something about it nice it's a dark comedic film with you know drama undertones fun
0: you're saying a lot of my favorite genres yeah definitely i think
1: you'll dig it uh and if when uh, i'm sure you'll find a copy but highly recommend getting the copy with subtitles yeah. there's some thick accents going on there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are there have been some television experiences recently where i'm like we gotta we gotta put the subtitles on I understand that this is the same language, but I am missing most of this.
1: And that's all I've watched.
0: Cool. I got a few things I can throw at you. Uh since the last time we spoke, I rounded up my Predators rewatch.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know what? I don't think there is a bad movie with Predator in the title. Although I haven't seen Requiem. Alien versus Predator Requiem. I have,
1: that's the only one I haven't seen either. Okay.
0: But yeah, other no, than
1: that's that... So, uh, so you've seen the newest one? The Shane Black one?
0: Yeah, with
1: uh, Adrian Brody? No. That's the one that's produced by Robert Rodriguez. Okay, There's wait. The one after that Shane Black directed called The Predator. That oh, came I, out you know, literally where... like three years ago
0: scratch all of this we're going to talk about it next week because i haven't seen that one yet
1: okay uh i literally because when i was telling you this i was like i that's the only one i haven't watched as well and i was like i can either rent it for five bucks or i saw the 4k blu-ray at amoeba for uh five dollars uh, used and i was like oh i'm just gonna go buy it complete the collection and i'll watch it I mean, and,
0: Shane Black movies are fun movies.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, they, no, no, no. They are. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang and The Nightmare are amazing. I fucking love those movies Yeah, so uh, This one, like, it's buddy, a predator. It, it's we a predator. saw
0: the nice guys together at the Dome.
1: We did, buddy. Anyways. Uh, uh, but his Predator is... It's a Predator movie. Like, it's nothing... too crazy but they do have a nice little thing at the end uh so like i can't remember if it's like 10 seconds into the credits or something so maybe stay i can't remember if it's like the last scene or if it's into the credits but uh where like if they make another one i'm going to be like whoa that that, it it could go either way it could be really cool or it could just be really dumb all right i'm going
0: to watch the shane black the predator and i'm also going to watch alien versus predator requiem and then we're going to talk about this again i guess i
1: gotta watch avp requiem (laughs) might as well okay so yeah we'll talk about that next week make sure you watch it
0: (laughs) Uh, i definitely am going to
1: Okay, cool. Um, in the meantime,
0: I watched a new film for the first time in quite a while, which was *The Conjuring*.
1: The devil made me do it. I didn't add it to my list because I forgot. I watched that as well. Right now, what'd you think? The n- not the best one. <laughs> um, the worst script. Just in terms of dialogue. And dialogue
0: was really hand it, like heavy, you know, fisty, right?
1: Perfect. Yes, it was too much involved in their relationship like uh, uh, uh <clears throat> yeah uh it's a little but, expositiony also yes but i still did enjoy a a, sh- a a good chunk of that movie like there's a lot of good stuff going on in there but the script is the worst part yeah fair enough
0: I, I, yeah yeah script is pretty weak uh that's a good way to say it i also thought that the first half of the movie is a lot stronger than the second half of the movie sort of all around the performances get a little grating for me you know i i'm a big fan of patrick wilson and vera farmiga but um patrick wilson in particular i was like oh i wasn't expecting i don't know what i was expecting from him but it, it just didn't quite land for me the way that a lot of his performances do
1: yeah uh, there's like um <clears throat> like that case the way they were trying to in, uh, solve the demonic possession in the movie for as why he did this, it just didn't, like, feel right. I don't... Like, it just... Well, it's kind of
0: two movies working against each other. Like, it... Mm-hmm. Towards totally the that's end, a it, way, we get to be a, a bit of a legal drama, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not really well served in the beginning of the movie it hardly served if at all you know
1: yeah and if you want a good courtroom demonic possession drama the exorcism of emily rose like yeah. what a top notch thriller movie yeah Ooh, gives me chills that's a great one
0: with an incredible performance at the center man is it is it jennifer carpenter is that
1: her name yeah yeah, yeah she's it. just Tom Wilkinson, wilkinson right priest and uh uh, L- Laura Linney, I believe, is the the defendant, uh, the 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 lawyer for Tom Wilkinson.
0: Okay, right on.
1: Yeah, uh, great movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, that one's yeah, that's a good. Little, I should have watched that movie instead. <laughs> uh, speaking of other movies, I okay, so I did a double feature because I was just kind of scrolling through my collection, and um. I'll I'll do a thing where I'll load up just like a handful of whatever. It doesn't matter. I noticed, like, (laughs) I kind of like to play like Russian roulette with movies or like, like it's a, like a disc changer in a car, you know, where you just kind of would put it on random and see what comes up. Uh Uh-huh. And so one of the movies that popped up was um, the first one that I watched was No Strings Attached
1: oh yeah very funny i like that one
0: speaking of kevin klein
1: yeah he's the father in that one the dad yep
0: yeah and um i liked it more than i a lot more than i was expecting to
1: yeah yeah it's like and <laughs> jake johnson in that one and he's very funny and greta gerwig right
0: is she oh yeah she is yeah yeah totally yeah yeah she's uh
1: patrice
0: is the character's yeah. name yeah
1: that's right <laughs> that whole scene when they like meet at like i don't know like a farmer's market or some shit in a park and yeah yeah it's uh, they're like oh hey yeah adam haven't seen you in a while and then jake johnson's like wow this is like the peach pit <laughs> yeah yeah
0: uh, <laughs> i'm a uh, generally a fan of any movie that jake johnson is in or a television show i i'm entertained by him
1: yeah he's a very very funny man
0: yeah, right on. It was um, Yeah, I think I was expecting it to be Friends with Benefits, which I also then went on to watch.
1: Which I enjoy as well.
0: I, it's simultaneously more than I was expecting and less than I was expecting. The highlight for me was Woody Harrelson. Yeah, oh, yeah. Speaking of Woody Harrelson, I'm drawing them all back, buddy.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and I'm big fan of Mila Kunis and this is sort of the perfect application for her Mm -hmm. I I sort of wish that we'd gotten more like Fliberty gibbet Meg Ryan style rom-coms from her career Uh, I mean I like the rom-coms that she's in I guess now that I'm mentioning it although the only two that I'm thinking of are this and Forgetting Sarah Marshall which is a movie that's really
1: close to my heart that's a one of the best romantic comedy drama film like it's definitely a romantic comedy but like it's got some slight drama in there but like it's a romance comedy one of the best made in the last 20 years
0: yeah easily it's very funny it's very well made and it wears its heart on its sleeve and it carries Uh a male lead in a role that we would often see reversed so it
1: gives access to an entire generation uh some emotions I think I, I think that movie a lot i, I like I, I me and my roommate we quote that movie so much what do you what do you what do you got oh man uh it's fucking turtle season, dude it's beautiful beautiful why won't nobody go snorkeling with him <laughs> and he's like naming fish for
0: a very long time
1: yeah uh and then uh, um Oh man, cause I also watch the gag reel and the line of them a lot. Mm-hmm. So like I blend a lot of stuff. Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, take my eyes, not the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um, I also like the freshest cereal and basically anything Paul Rudd says.
1: Oh, anything Paul Rudd said. Uh, uh the weather outside is weather. <laughs> yeah. uh which uh, like uh from london mate commentary that was the most expensive thing in the movie they thought it was so funny but because he <laughs> saying that in the tune
0: yeah of, of course
1: of beach boys they had to pay for that and that was way more than their whole production cost <laughs> that's fucking funny <laughs> oh man there's a lot oh another good one that i've been quoting from it recently is um uh when Aldous and peter are in the water together and i was just gonna goes, to say uh, wait he- can
0: i say i'm gonna say mine so before just okay, in case no. it's the same one when they're like spl- he splashes them with water and Aldous goes what about the coat of the sea mate that's not on <laughs> i say that shit like Anytime somebody minorly annoys, oh, that's not on. I, what about the code
1: of the sea, man? That's, nah. Great line. Mine is right after that, after they've stopped fighting. And he goes, uh, amongst the horrendous draws that's on Sarah's iPod, I came across something that was yours. <laughs> and it reminded me of like a dark, gothic Neil Diamond type. You know, I kind of liked it. Yes, yes, that's like,
0: exactly what i was going exactly for exactly
1: what you. i'm going for
0: <laughs> and that's when he's like i just i know i wish you weren't the cool g-. yeah it's a, a good fucking movie also the, okay. the, when i'm at the writing desk and i just am like banging the keys and hating myself it's the peter you suck peter yeah. you suck all of your songs are fine anyways i like that movie a lot i didn't watch it recently and yet here we are discussing it in depth
1: it's that good
0: okay i'm only going to talk about one more movie before we talk about some other movies um i pardon me the wife wanted to put on shrek as a sort of a comfort film Uh uh-huh and so we
1: did and when was the last time you saw shrek i actually watched like some scenes from it not too long ago My buddy was trying to fucking tell me that Shrek 2 was better than the first one. I'm like, you're highly wrong.
0: Oh, no. He's highly right.
1: Oh, no. No. (laughs) I haven't seen Shrek 2 in a while, but no, the first one's still my cup of tea.
0: The first one is almost impossible to even look at. It's hideous. It's a Uh, really, really ugly movie. Yeah, the animation is, you know, of its time and maybe even not really, you know? Mm Mm-hmm um but the point that i kind of want to make about it is that the switching gears to chris farley i was watching it with that in mind knowing the story right that they shot or you know recorded almost all of his dialogue and then he unfortunately passed and they brought mike myers in and retook everything and yeah he made
1: it yeah it it became a different movie once chris farley uh, passed away So some of the
0: pathos of the first movie would be so much more weighty with Chris Farley in those roles. His sort of like aw shucks demeanor that he can bring to things is a lot of the vulnerability that Shrek needs to make him super lovable. And Mike Myers has... A sort of a mean streak in his comedy that I I can find really off-putting. I'm a fan of most of the movies that he's a star of and the writer of and you know I love Wayne's World and I I think Austin Powers has its place in time and even still I watched those not too long ago. I don't know Uh, and you know just gag after gag after gag Mm -hmm. Um, but he has sort of a Fuck you, energy that sometimes I bristle at. And I would have really loved to have seen the Chris Farley Shrek. Speaking of Chris Farley, we saw Almost Famous and we saw Wagons East. So, or sorry, Almost Heroes. Almost Famous. <laughs> this plane's going down, man. Uh,
1: almost heroes and wagons east.
0: How do you want to do this thing? Because I think there's this is definitely a tale of two tales.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, um, yeah, uh, we can just talk about them together, I guess. Like, okay. Because uh,
0: speaking of talking about them together, it, we have to note that these are sort of the famous last films of two famed comedians, and mm-hmm. they were both linked to the Nanook curse, right? Like, weren't they, hadn't they both read for Nanook of the North? Do you know this story?
1: They were going to make a movie for Nanook of the North?
0: Yeah, you know, like, there's the the movie the we all watched in, yeah, in film history class, right? So there's yeah. a, I, and, and that might not be the title that they were working with, but yeah, it was going to be a farcical retelling of that tale, of, like, the making of that movie and how
1: it, oh, I I want that movie. I want to see that.
0: Everybody does, and Hollywood has for decades, and it's been famously linked to every very heavy comedian, white comedian anyway, uh, for a long time. So, like, Sam Kinison was going to make the movie, and then he died. And John Candy, and Chris Farley, and uh, Belushi was attached early on. He was sort of the first one to follow the curse. Hmm. So...
1: Uh, that's something there's a little bit of i did not know any of this that's very interesting there you uh, go. yeah uh so i had never seen wagons east heard of it never seen it though uh and uh <laughs> it's very much almost heroes like they are very similar in just their story structure and kind of their their sticky humor, but sure. I find almost heroes better. Uh, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent agree. One hundred percent better. Uh, Wagons East, though, definitely has moments that make me laugh. There's, uh, it like it's. <clears throat> did you see that the scene they reused of John Candy? Mm, uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't. I gotta be Obviously, honest. Obviously, they he died before they got to finish certain scenes so some rewrites were done some doubles were brought in and uh they said some special effects were used not sure what that means for 94 sure but um
0: uh it was George Lucas doing screen tests for the special edition
1: right (laughs) um but the scene in the beginning when he is pleading for them to take him he's and he's drunk and he's like i just yeah 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 best man for the job and he pours out the bottle and you think he's gonna break it but he just like stops and he sets it down uh they reuse that moment just none of the dialogue later on when two guys are talking in the bar and he's like uh um did you hear about the uh Oh, fuck i can't even remember what he said <laughs> uh, fucking something that happened and blah 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 and it cuts to john candy in that same outfit pouring out the bottle and he's getting angry at what they're saying and there's an insert shot of him slamming down the bottle huh yeah
0: uh editor of the year oscar goes to that guy also while we're on John Candy, he's a sexy man in this movie. He is pulling off the like mountain man kind yep. of. I'm into look. it. He's got big boy swagger, dude. <laughs> he's got big boy swagger. That's for damn sure. Hell yeah. Uh... Let's do a little rundown of Wagons East because I I really. Wagons East. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I agree with you, although I take maybe a stronger position. I Because I had never seen either of these movies. And I think wagons East is terrible and almost heroes is borderline good I so let's we'll we'll kind of circle back around to that what do you say
1: uh I'm definitely with you uh I really only have one note for wagons East and it's okay. just the one line that made me laugh really hard for some <laughs> reason like I don't even know if it's like people would find it really that funny, but it it was Richard Lewis. And he goes, last time I was on a wagon, I was on a carousel in St. Louis and I was thrown off. That just like made me laugh really hard for some reason. And the really, the only time that made me laugh.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? He was yeah. on a carousel
1: and he got thrown off. I don't know.
0: This movie... Almost never made me laugh. Although I, yeah. it did give me a few. Um, there, uh, the general was uh-huh. uh, G- General Larchmont.
1: Yeah,
0: he's pretty fucking funny. Everything that he did was uh, generally hilarious to me. I was more engaged when he was on screen, and when he's trying to like, they want to play uh, the Bighorn that's a battle of little bighorn joke or if it's just because he thinks it's gonna be more intimidating unclear but funny as hell that they're playing a tuba riding into battle (laughs)
1: everything is very unclear
0: very unclear like why is the bad guy who gets dispatched halfway through the guy with the tiny glasses i like his tiny glasses but Uh, he seems to be in like a human
1: cartoon (laughs) Yeah, he should have died. He's Wiley Coyote, right? But everybody else—he literally survived the biggest explosion in the fucking movie (laughs) easily.
0: Which, fine, you know, it's going for farce, but it never reaches those levels with any other aspect of the filmmaking. You know? Yeah. And I, yeah, whatever. I mostly have. Uh,
1: yeah, I was really actually kind of baffled how Wiley Coyote they went with him, and then none of the rest of the movie was like that.
0: Yeah, that's my point. And yeah. you get the sense that, I don't know, maybe there's a draft of this script, or maybe they were hoping, like, hey, if we, we'll just get a bunch of comics together and they'll punch it up on set and it'll be hilarious. But then you know, it's Lachlan Monroe who I like but he's not a comic genius and uh, John C. So Yes, but with the same face forever. Uh, And John C. McGinley who might be a comic genius but in that sort of like character actor way, you know Um, and whatever, I don't even want to get into all that stuff.
1: Yeah, needless to say, Wagons East is not good.
0: It's not good. It's weird that Robert Picardo is seemingly the main character for the first 20 minutes.
1: Uh, Yeah, it is all over the fucking place. I have written down here uh, I will say, that that's his name, right? Uh, Yeah, the doctor uh, from uh, Deep Space Nine?
0: Or Voyager, maybe?
1: No, no, no. Not the (laughs) not him. The the book, the book salesman. John C. Uh, McGinley john c mcginley thank you god i was blanking on his name and you just said i was like well this is the name you just said uh john c mcginley is definitely funny some, he made me laugh yeah uh, he's
0: always funny he's hilarious even when he's uh, doing incredibly questionable material
1: yes but, but he definitely had a line too that made me chuckle when <clears throat> they're like what brought you out west uh mainly the men <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and the the way that he answers the follow-up question because lachlan's like Oh, right, because they read more than women. And he's just like, yeah, sure, whatever, okay. I like your body. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I'm a big fan of John C. McGinley. I'm always happy to see him show up. I actually, this, one of my takeaways from this was I wish that there was more Westerns with John C. McGinley in them, especially in the 90s. Like if he had been in Tombstone or yeah a fucking young guns or some shit i don't know isn't he maybe i'm just projecting him back into those movies <laughs> um i have a note here that this movie is premise funny which is something that i got from dave Chappelle on the commentary of one of his episodes of the Chappelle show where he'd be like We're, we'd be writing a sketch and be half a page into it and realize that there's nothing here beyond like oh that's a funny idea but you can't actually populate it with humans so this sort of premise of, oh, there's a bunch of urbane, effete sort of um, people who want to be away from the shit show that is the Wild Wild West want to go east and they're doing a counter grain thing, a fish out of water. that That's a funny premise, mm-hmm. but it needs like a heist to wrap around it or um, a stronger romance maybe the ellen yeah, green who she's, she's got the strongest me. performance in the movie if her yeah, she's good yeah she is really good always really good and if yeah. her and john candy and maybe that's a, a consequence of what they had to cut but it's still hour 45 mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like whatever doesn't matter um it's not a great film it's so not a great film that it has do you want to guess its Rotten Tomato score? Fourteen. Goose egg, buddy. Really? Not one single person found something positive to say about this in a professional wow. context.
1: So no, I. There's one trivia that says John Candy didn't want to make this film but was contractually obligated.
0: Yeah, I read that also. He he owed money um, <laughs> because he bought a Canadian football team, oh. and it didn't go very well for him so uh he whatever
1: (laughs) uh like their one bit of drama in the movie too is when they find out that candy was the the wagoneer on the donner party
0: which is so quickly dispatched and just (laughs) of no consequence i mean he he does leave over it but Ah, whatever this movie is paced crazy as hell too sorry go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you no
1: no no that's really it i just, like i would have loved to seen more or just funny bits about that
0: fair enough yep yeah. <laughs> we could have played with that for a little bit where he's like saying menacing things or even without a flashback you could have just written dialogue or john candy you could have said hey john candy comedic genius will you improvise some moments for us here that make you just see a, a little bit menacing, but you're kind of saying normal stuff like, Hey, we got bacon or, you know, whatever no, you're vegetarian fucking
1: vegetarian, because he doesn't eat meat anymore because of his experience on the Donner party. That's actually a pretty good bit. I yeah. Just- it's like, that's, but it's so small. It's just like quickly breezed over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So I have in front of me a list of an incomplete list but a list nonetheless of other films that have received 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like to hear this list? Yes. A a movie that you'll be familiar with, I'm sure, Problem Child.
1: Zero? Zero. What a fucking bunch of bullshit. That movie is great. I'll
0: admit that's the most surprising on the list because although I disagree with you, it's not zero percent. It's just not. It's not. Okay, it's great. It's fucking great. (laughs) It is. And Problem Child 2 is great. Oh, man. Um, Look forward to that episode, folks. Or back or wherever in time you are. Um, Staying Alive, the Saturday Night Fever sequel
1: uh-huh J- jaws Ray.
0: the revenge which i think bought michael kane a house famously
1: and he had to film that and not accept his that's, draft right. Award. that's right um okay
0: my favorite on the list is police academy Four: citizens on patrol
1: never seen it
0: i have but not actually watching it because i put all of those movies on at some point in the past while i was like You know cooking and cleaning and shit whatever Mm -hmm. but here's the thing that's interesting to me about that is that none of the other police academies were listed so and there's like at least five of those movies
1: there's like eight
0: (sighs) okay so people found good things to say about several other police academy movies but (laughs) citizens on patrol is the one the worst one that nobody had patience for. Okay, we got Highlander 2, The Quickening. Cool. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> a Low Down Dirty Shame, which sounds like something that would be on our roster in it, the near future.
1: With fucking Keenan?
0: Yeah, I haven't actually seen this one.
1: I've seen it. it. It's been a while, but it's not. I don't remember being like that bad.
0: That's a Low Down Dirty Shame right there. Yeah. Um, the most. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? Subtitled? No, that's not right. But it's got a colon going for it. Ballistics X versus Sever. Actually, that was a. This is a highlight or like a, a unifying feature on this list is that there's a lot of colons
1: yeah. <laughs> in titles. Uh, Ballistic X versus Sever is. Oof, oof. Saw that in the. I walked out of that.
0: Good and... for you. I've never seen that one, but I'm curious about it. I just am fascinated by it. It's sort of like. Am I supposed to know, you know, like, has there been X movies or Sever's movies or Ballistics movies? I have so, nothing, none of that.
1: No. Okay. Have fun watching it because it's awful.
0: Yeah, I feel like those questions may remain forever unanswered. Mm -hmm. A movie that I'm definitely going to watch, though, is the Roberto Benigni Pinocchio.
1: I've seen the from a while ago, right? Yeah, it's about 20 years old at this point. Yeah. I've seen that one. I saw that as a kid and fucking hated it. I'll bet.
0: Oof. How could it not be just an insane like, bad trip of a movie?
1: And you know what's crazy? He just made another Pinocchio movie. I know.
0: I have to to watch both of them. I'm morbidly curious about this, though.
1: But he plays Geppetto this time, I think.
0: That's a better decision.
1: I I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I know there's another Pinocchio movie with him in it.
0: I heard he only plays the Donkey Pinocchio in this one. Terrifying. Uh, the Ridiculous Six.
1: Okay. Max Steel. Which one's that? Oh, wait. Max Steel. Which one's that? Why do I know that?
0: I haven't seen it either, but it was sort of like famously bad pretty recently. It's from like 2016 or thereabouts. Uh, and it's a superhero movie sort of like original concept thing oh, yeah, I don't yeah. know maybe it's not original concept but
1: I, yeah I don't know what that is
0: fair enough uh, did you see John Travolta's magnum
1: opus Gotti I did
0: <laughs> did you really
1: I did I watched it because I wanted to see what all the fucking fair. That's 0%, it's definitely not worth zero percent but it's not a good movie have you
0: seen did we talk about it at any point uh what's the movies it's called like fanboy or like uh, no shit it's the movie directed think, by fred durst
1: starring the John fanatic. Fulton, the fanatic that's it did you watch it
0: yeah i've seen it have you
1: oh my god yeah what a <laughs> oh my god dude i i try to get everyone to see that <laughs> i think john travolta fucking gives a performance unlike anything you've ever seen in your whole fucking life that is a
0: factual statement
1: yes and there are some things that are so crazy about this movie one thing that i just want to say is that devin Sawa is supposed to be a, a big hollywood actor supposed to live in the hollywood hills they did not film in Hollywood at all. Okay. I mean, they might have done like a few like b-roll shots and stuff. They shot in Alabama. And if you look at the interior of Devin Sawa's house, <laughs> there are deer heads and fucking wood. Like it doesn't look like a house that is in the Hollywood Hills. And it's insane. And the fact John Travolta grabs the the crust fucking ear stuff from Devin Sawa's ear and Uh, smells it oh my god it's bananas it's so crazy moose gotta
0: get his I guess oh my god so okay that's somewhere else entirely and the last one that I'll mention from this list is called London Fields did you see that Mm -mm. it was Amber Heard uh Uh, from pretty recently also like 2018 or so 2017 but I lived in London Fields and so when it showed up on Prime I was like oh yeah I'm gonna put that on let's let's see this movie about the neighborhood that I'm in and being excited to live in a new city watching a movie about the neighborhood that I was currently living in I could not make it past 20 minutes I was just like this is garbage like it's rare i turn a movie off too man i i like bad movies you know but, but yep yeah, it it deserves a big Did they battle shoot, there, Did they
1: shoot on location
0: a little bit yeah it's a popular shooting location gotcha. um and they actually they use the um this is for five people but london fields is also or you know a lot of the kind of smaller neighborhoods because london fields is in hackney And so a lot of the smaller neighborhoods are named for the train station that they're closest to. And also this is the park. There's a field that is the London fields field. Right. Mm -hmm. But so it's an overground train. So there's a bunch of archways and it's kind of in not super industrial, but like a little more warehousey. And there's just this sort of like backside of the park in between The archway and then the next main street that's like super quiet and actually very industrial that is i would run up and down there working out and just being like this would be a great shooting location and then it was a great shooting location in a really terrible movie and even that was not enough i was like all right yeah i've seen enough man i can't do Mm -hmm.
1: it so
0: that's what I have about zero percent of uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I was led to that by the Wikipedia page from Wagons East, which only has one other link on it. Do you want to know what it is? Ooh, yes. Almost Heroes. Perfect. And what is, that's a zero percent as well? No, Almost Heroes was not on the list. People found some positive things to say about it, much like myself. I was really pleasantly surprised by this movie.
1: Awesome. Yeah, this movie actually is a Big one for me. I watch this all the time. They actually filmed right outside of my hometown. And I okay. remember my mom reading in the newspaper that they were looking for extras wanted, but it was only for fucking uh 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 <clears throat> the early dudes. Louis scene. Okay like in St. Louis. They built that in a little town called it's not a town, it's a fucking piece of land. Called Reading Island, which is like 15, 20 minutes from uh, my hometown of Reading.
0: Okay.
1: And they <clears throat> were looking for extras, but I just, I don't know. Like, I, my mom said she was going to look into it for me, but she never, like, I would have loved to have been a little fat kid running around that. <laughs> okay, dude. Uh,
0: you and been then a together, famous background
1: but, actor. Right. And then, uh, the other big one they built up river from that was the Native American village
0: okay. okay so let's start at the beginning
1: let's do it Christopher Guest made this movie
0: wait before we get there did you know this movie was written by Tom Wolf? yes that Tom Wolf. no not that Tom Wolf.
1: <laughs> not that Tom Wolf. But... not the electric Kool-Aid acid test Tom Wolf. not
0: that not the right stuff Tom Wolf. <laughs> but but a Tom Wolf, So now let's move swiftly past that to Christopher Guest directed this, which it goes a long way to explaining some of the, so what I enjoyed about this movie was that the humor was often so off kilter and like morbid and there was a lot of it. You know, I found myself laughing pretty heartily throughout. And so that skew, i was like ah yes okay that that tracks also speaking of st louis i hear they cut a scene with parker posey where she was supposed to be uh you know affianced to matthew perry whom we'll get to
1: oh yeah but how Um, much
0: better would every movie be if parker posey was in it
1: true man she's a lovely person
0: i'm sure she is
1: i i've never met her but i just really like
0: (laughs) um she once came into a restaurant that I was working at and she was really nice, you know. Yeah, uh, that's, what, that's what so I got. We have
1: Woodbine in this, though. Buddy, do we have Bokeem Woodbine? And yeah, and he has a great line when Matthew Perry is in his bathtub. He goes, You know, I just washed my privates down in the icy cold river. <laughs> <laughs> And Matthew Fair is like, hmm, I think I'll take my silk robe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, some shit like that. It's very subtle line that is very
0: funny. I am always very happy to see Bokeem Woodbine show up, and he's, you know, his performance is funny. I wish he had more to do. Agree, agree. Even with the like the movie, I think it's a cuts thing. Uh. But he's like just not in the end of this movie. And so in my head canon, after the scene where they're like, you know, so it's him or me. And he's like, well, I was your slave, so obviously I'm running away. Fuck you. And he if he was just never in the movie again, that would be pretty funny to me. But he shows up after that. It's just the very end where he's completely absent. I I gotta imagine it's a
1: a cut thing, whatever. Yeah, trimming out the just i'm sure i wonder if like he had full control of this edit or if the studio no
0: there's no way he did because literally the character just disappears and that's not the only thing you know there's there's also there's some bad jokes in here and some Mm -hmm. like he if he were in full control of this edit or this movie it wouldn't have starred christopher farley and or matthew perry Because neither of them are very well cast for this thing but it comes at a time where both of them are at the peak of their star power and able to pull down whatever they want so watching this thing through i had the vibe of like this had to have been a hot script man i'll bet this thing was just like everybody wanted to do it you got to get me into that room how do we make this thing but christopher guest i guess he'd done spinal tap at that point right yeah
1: oh yeah it's weird that... Well, he didn't direct Spinal Tap, but yeah, he was in Spinal Tap.
0: Where does this come in his filmography? Because it feels uh, like... It,
1: I, uh, maybe waiting
0: for, waiting for Guffman.
1: It's after waiting for Guffman
0: before Best in Show. Okay, so, you know, Guffman put him on the map as an indie filmmaker and then the studios are like, let's see what she can do with the thing, but we're not going to give him full control over this, this project. And even if he had 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 full control once farley gets in it's a farley movie you know what i mean and Uh once perry gets in it's also a matthew perry movie at that point for sure and those are it's not even getting chocolate in my peanut butter it's like you know i I am okay on matthew perry and there are some times in this movie he got a couple of laughs out of me when he's Mm. being Really, really clownish. And I mean that in like a literal sense. When he's getting his body engaged in the humor, he's pretty fucking funny. I agree. Mostly though, I, you know, there's a reason he didn't become a comedic staple and movie star. It's just not often working, you know?
1: It's also one note. He does it in everything a lot. Like, he's kind of right in everything.
0: Right. And it's the only thing that he does. <laughs> pardon me, it's the only thing that he does he's not even that great at. You know what I mean?
1: I'm sure it it was great for Friends. Like, that's where it shined and took them through many seasons. But that was also an ensemble piece where everyone loved the whole everyone.
0: And Friends is much more farcical than even this is allowed to be. And if you, like, think about his performance on that show, it's incredibly physical. He's all over the place you know this Leslie whatever his name is it is a very restrained performance it's a very restrained character and that's his I don't know his movie star persona because what was the the one with Selma Hayek that like I don't know that's not very good either. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have his filmography in front of me.
1: uh yeah, I don't either. uh, uh but you you were right. I was like, was it Leslie? It is Leslie <laughs> Leslie Edwards. Leslie Edwards, that's right. Uh, uh, even guy
0: even Eugene Levy is minimally applied here and it feels restrained. like if this had been a full-on Christopher guest movie, wouldn't Eugene Levy be a lot funnier?
1: Right, right. Yeah. Originally, it says Bill Murray, Hugh Laurie, and Hugh Grant were considered for Leslie.
0: And like, Bill
1: Murray makes <laughs> makes this movie, right? If it was Bill Murray and Chris Farley, that'd be kind of interesting.
0: I don't see. I don't think there's any. The problem is. We, I'd have to know who else was in the Farley roles and do some like...
1: Yeah, it doesn't say. I, I wonder if this was just a pure Chris Farley vehicle.
0: I can't imagine it was a Farley vehicle. Like I said, I, my real thought is that it um, it was a hot script. Maybe even a... Well, no, it wasn't a Christopher Guest script, was it? But no. I, Maybe it was a Farley vehicle because it does have like two other writers and they all have ampersand credits. So maybe... I, yeah, maybe it just came from like a a weird shit, you know, bullshit
1: session and um... a weird bullshit session. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it feels like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I think I read somewhere that it's a novel. It wasn't it based on ad- adapted from somebody's novel.
1: This was a novel, or is that Wagons
0: East? One of these was adapted from a some some other
1: shit. Oh, I have no idea. I I'd, uh, it's not. Okay, don't listen to me. I'm not very good at movies or podcasting. Uh uh Oh, y- wait. Sorry. Did you
0: mention Hugh Laurie? Yeah. Okay. Hugh Laurie is the best version of this movie.
1: But he can't be British. He's got he's got a That's fine. He- House wasn't British. Oh yeah, he wasn't, huh?
0: And he did it for like ten years.
1: Damn, you're right.
0: Yeah, and Hugh Laurie and Christopher Guest. I would love to see that combo, man. But my point sort of remains that, and it's—I've been saying it once. It's a Farley movie. It's like, who do you, unless it's David Spade? Why isn't this David Spade? That's the—that's who it should be. Is David Spade?
1: It's Farley and David Spade. Duh. And get Christopher Guest out of there. You know, I. Whatever. And Brad's one of the the Sandler directors.
0: Yeah, exactly. This should be a happy Madison joint. It. I really like the Christopher Guest version of the movie more. I'm just trying to make this thing work around Farley. That's my whole point. Is that mm-hmm. once we get, and I love like, like I was saying early, uh, vulnerable Farley is so good to me and farley the like snarling bear i have a note one of my first notes is farley as snarling bear is always funny and then the i have somewhere later on like also the movie relies too much on
1: farley bear yeah he gets really big uh, a lot of it he opens like "Ah! Ah! Ah!" right woman spits on him (laughs) good god lady (laughs) right (laughs) um
0: but him trying to read is yes. so fucking funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's enough for today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> After he's read one uppercase letter and one lowercase letter. But oh. even though, like later in the movies, when he's trying to read the sides and just never getting anywhere close, this yeah. the I, I think that's maybe the I'm giving the credit to guest, but the thing that this movie does best for me is like it's insistence on never letting go of a callback so like when the first time they do the ear bit and he's like yeah i can hear you he's standing right here that's the thing that the movie does poorly is it steps on every great joke it just cuts to fucking chandler explaining the joke instead Uh of just having the balls to be absurd and weird you know And so, but later on when he calls into the ear and the guy comes walking back down the hill, that's hilarious. And then that same crazy old man all the way through the movie, when they like find out that the brothel house is a ladies made out of yarn is so weird on its face. And then they're all into it is fucking weirder. And then when it burns down and he saves the yarn lady, and brings her on the boat and they step on the joke where he's like you know she's made out of straw and they redeem it by he's like yeah i fucking know she's made out of straw that doesn't change I it. think that's why she t- uh,
1: she took to the fire studies <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs>
0: yeah i think that's why she burns so fast
1: uh yes that is very funny i really love the moment when i can't remember the character's name but they're sitting around the campfire and Chris Farley tells the guy to tell the story and it's about his brother <laughs> on the farm and he put some sheep shit in his plum pudding and his brother ate sheep shit, but it turns out he doesn't have a brother and he ate sheep shit.
0: <laughs> the way he tells the story with the reveal, but like, the best part is, I don't have a brother.
1: <laughs> I ate sheep shit. <laughs> what? What? <laughs>
0: yeah it's fuck it's gross man i mean it is like like i said it it relies a little too much on farley bear and the i ate sheep shit kind of stuff and like he's farley is so lustfully into watching
1: the pigs fuck (laughs) it's a you know concerning that part makes me laugh every time his face is so insane
0: (laughs) i just have (laughs) so it's been two days since i watched this movie and I just have a list of like hilarious lines and they're all out of context for me but I've seen the forks made me fucking laugh oh
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's definitely <laughs> when, a lot of stupid humor in this but it, a lot of it does get me
0: when they're doing the, like, I don't know how it comes. Oh, he's telling the story about, uh, Farley's telling the story about being in the wilderness and how every fucking animal is trying to eat you and they're, oh. it's going to kill you every way it comes. And I saw badgers just, with
1: paws of frying pans.
0: <laughs> and then they're all marching through the forest and they'd see a squirrel and all start shooting at it. But the dude says, there's an animal now and he's got something in his hands. And it's like a squirrel eating
1: a nut. <laughs> oh, yes. Holy um, good. I wish I could have go. seen this being filmed as a kid. I would have fucking loved that.
0: I wish I could put it on right now again, actually, because it's so fucking funny. The bear is worse. The bear is definitely worse it when is. he's getting attacked by the bear. Yeah. Go see, ahead. Sorry.
1: Uh, I was just, I love that you see Lewis and Clark at the end. Walking up to the cliffs, and they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, ah, shucks, and turn yeah. around. <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs>
0: bits on bits, man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, hey, I'm gonna try and round out the like long chain bit, but the barber, general store guy. Uh huh. The fact that he's like <laughs> that he's the barber also, and has that terrible ass haircut is really funny sight gag but then the fact that he's a very good barber he just has a bad haircut is even fucking funnier because i don't know maybe he doesn't have a mirror is the implication of that joke because it's the old west so he just can't cut his own hair but he can cut hair you can get it you could definitely get a mirror no of course he could but it'd be an expensive item i'm True. just saying sure <laughs> i think that's a really funny joke and then the the just keeps going to like the dentist thing and the (laughs) like terry whatever it's funny to me that's my point where it gets too long and is bad uh, is the egg sequence the eagle egg Uh uh-huh yeah it goes
1: on one too many times
0: dude and the the thing that it's doing is too slow to begin with and yeah man that really feels like a stretch
1: Uh uh-huh Yep, fill in the gap. Like let's get some shit in here. Someone's gotta get hurt. We gotta send one of them off to get some supplies. Yeah. I also Mm.
0: I don't need the big action set piece in the, you know, towards the end of the second act or the beginning of the third act. And that's what again where it feels a little more like the studio forcing it in. I think this you could get the same joke there with just like a smash cut. And then you don't have to have Christopher Guest trying to direct the chase scene and explosions and you know yeah but
1: i generally won't say no to explosions i won't either but i mean in comedies it's hard to it's hard to blend action in comedy uh yeah i feel it, like it wasn't it until was we like dumb comedy
0: yeah i i think it was pineapple express that like sort of brought that to its peak there. yeah yeah and There've definitely been some others that have done
1: it yeah, very yeah. very well like what it's like people can even say pineapple express is too mishmash like there's a lot of shit going on in there and like there's it gets cartoony with like one uh, one character uh danny mcbride's character who just doesn't die he can just <laughs> take a fucking pounding get shot seven times and just survive what does uh, he
0: say at the end when they're sitting in the diner he's just like oh yeah i thought i was gonna die for sure crazy that i'm not dead right now or something like that uh,
1: he starts like falling asleep and like hey hey, red you should uh wake <laughs> up and he's like oh sorry guys i don't know if it's because i'm tired or just because of like all the blood i've lost <laughs> yeah, something <right>. like that
0: <laughs> yeah also i last action hero i'm a defender of way earlier speaking of shane black tying Uh it all together once again i think a lot of that movie really works i think a lot of that movie really doesn't work but
1: yeah i would be curious if they could remake that because it's such a fun idea Mm -hmm. who the fuck wasn't a kid and wanted to be in one of their favorite action spectacles not this guy i wanted that i wanted that so bad
0: yeah (laughs) um i was also a you know adhd child and adult so if i was watching too many action movies in a row i would start setting up the stunts in my bedroom and like crashing through (laughs) pillows and shit like that
1: I, i was gonna be in
0: that movie you
1: know totally i would like uh if i've seen i can't what movie is it like i just like multiple action movies like where people would get like hit by something i would like run behind the couch and like the couch was like the car that hit them totally. and flip over the couch. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Love it. Childhood is the best. Um, uh, here's a couple other lines that made me laugh. I don't have a ton more on this movie. I think we kind of talked about it. So I just will wrap up with uh a few lines unless you got anything else you want to go nope, through.
1: No, no, sir. Let's wrap this up.
0: The worst will never be over, which is Farley at his fucking best.
1: Yeah. Uh you, i'm gonna say one more thing about wagons east real quick okay please don't they don't give john candy enough to do in it the, there is so much of him saying wagon ho like just give him more give him more it's fucking john candy let him have some fun granted he yeah. might not have wanted to be there i think it might yeah. not have been a fun movie for him
0: i think there's probably some of that going on i think there's yeah. maybe a lot of that going on because even again at the the bones of that thing, there's just, there's nothing there. There's like, who am I supposed to be rooting for in any of this thing? I guess it's supposed to be an ensemble, but uh, you know, I have an affinity for all of those, really the entire cast is comprised of actors that I enjoy to really, really like, you know, like Johnny C is high on my list. I love John Candy and I think Ellen Green is tremendous. And then, like, the rest of the cast is a lot of people that I I like a lot, you know, generally enjoy watching. But the ensemble needs to be so much stronger for it to be that aimless. And just sort
1: of, if it's going to be a Buddy Road comedy, let's have some fun, maybe. Which is what Almost Heroes does. They just really focus on Matthew Perry and chris farley it's not really about their ensemble there's moments with them but it's mainly about your two main leads and them getting to their goal
0: well and it gives them a real clear dynamic that we there it's a snobs
1: versus slobs that's what what's going on here yeah and he's not really like he's a slob in the beginning of that movie but then he's like pretty clean cut and like dreary i guess he's sleepy a lot but like He's very clean throughout he like we were saying earlier, he looks handsome as fuck in that movie. So it Which, would be
0: the same kind of dynamic where it'd be snobs versus slobs, right? The the eastbounders are our snobs and John Candy is the slob, but you're right, he's not slob sloppy enough. Uh-huh. They're not snobby enough. Yep. That's not the like <clears throat> pardon me, those dynamics are sort of in their character archetypes, but none of that's in the script or the jokes that are on screen. There's nobody being like, hey, gross beer man, you spilled uh, goo on my $1,000 fancy pants. That's not a joke in Wagons East and it should be the entire joke of Wagons East. <laughs> and <laughs> Almost Heroes understands that, all right, at least if it's gonna be, a, if it's a Chris Farley movie, it's a talking bear movie now. So let's get some bear attacks in there and let's get a fop to be a dandy and just stand back and point at the talking bear. Perfect. Every time.